Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another Gunners Town podcast. Uh, I'm Gavin. Uh, I'm joined in reverse alphabetical order by my good friend from South Africa. How you doing, Paul? I'm very good. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you very much. And I'm also joined by my other good friend, who's probably about six, seven, eight thousand miles away from Paul in America. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> I can't do an American accent quite as beautifully as you, but I'm doing all right to answer your question. Just don't try a Cockney accent, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we're all being bitched then. Right. What we're going to do, we're going to talk about the upcoming game against the West Ham. Now, it's as sad as it is to say, and as much as I am, uh, my heart and my soul belongs in Market Road and Caledonian Road. I was brought up and went to school in a West Ham area. So half my mates, basically the mates I've got who don't support Arsenal with season ticket holders over West Ham. So this one really bites me and I've, you know, it's bit me on the arse a good few times over the years. Starting with a 1980 FA Cup final, uh, which is the first FA Cup final I remember as a child. And yeah, so you can imagine. So I love turning them over. Now, Paul, they're a club in turmoil at the moment, West Ham, and I've been winding them right up. Do you know what I mean? The, you know, they want to sell to anybody who wants to buy. The owners don't want to buy, don't want to sell. The manager don't want to be there. Karen Brady, the gooner herself, he's just there for the money as well. We're going to turn them over, aren't we? I reckon. I mean... Yeah, has David Moyes ever won away against Arsenal with any of the clubs that he's ever been in? Um, I don't, I'm not sure that he has. Um, I th- yeah, I think this could be um, well. It could it could be a high-scoring game if we can figure out how to how to get past the the bus that they're probably going to park. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you. I the the momentum uh, with Arsenal was big going into the season, bigger after Fulham. It's about as high as it's been in forever after uh, Aubameyang um, signing. So the momentum's with us uh, and the opposite is true of West Ham. And uh, I'm not trying to just dig at them, but that's what, so you talk to the West Ham boys. I actually listen to the West Ham uh, podcast every once in a while. I don't know, just, I feel for them because they've been going through it for so many years and they are really down after... The game the other day, the fact that um, their most promising young player, Dean Garner, got sold. I know that Mark Noble and and then followed by the rest of the players came out and uh, talked about that on social media, which was a really big deal. And then there's the the cloud hovering over Declan Rice, whether Chelsea are going to bid for him and whether West Ham will probably do what the fans are scared they'll do, which is sell him. Uh, and, and I think that the coach, as Gav said, may not want to be there. There's trouble in the board. So... As long as Arsenal can deal with the deep block, and I think we're going to get into that here in just a minute, if we can deal with a deep block better than we have last season, which wasn't good, then we'll be fine. And, you know, I'm confident because Arteta's done so well recently and we've had five days of practice. When was the last time we had five days? Unless I'm wrong, it's there's a full five-day period between these games, isn't there? I'm not sure when the last one is. I, I don't think there's been one, to be fair. Uh, I don't think there's been one since Arteta's been with the club, really. Uh, I mean, like I say, I mean, we're going on, going on what we've done against Fulham. 
and I know that it's an away game. Uh, and I'll like I say, well, I'll, I'll bounce this back to Mike straight away on this one. Uh, we played the same way against Fulham as we did against Chelsea and Man City and Liverpool, etc. So part of me is expecting us to play exactly the same formation as we are. What I think is going to happen is he's going to actually have different players in different positions in that same formation to make it more fluid and more attacking. Is that the way you see it, or do you think we're, we're literally going to look at the same starting eleven? Well, I feel like I feel it could go one or two ways. I would swing towards your thought, Gav, that we're going to look at a four-two-three-one or a four-two-one-three. Uh, with Willian moving inside to play as an attacking midfielder, which Arteta's been uh, talking about, um, rather than just a right winger who moves inside. Uh, I know, Gav, you feel also that Pepe is likely to play. I can see that happening. So it would look like Aubameyang left, Lacazette middle, Pepe right, Willian behind, with, let's say, Elneny or Savias and Xhaka in midfield. I could see that 4-2-3-1. The issue that I have as a coach looking at that um, situation is you've got Pepe and his inclination to come inside. I'm not saying that that won't work because he's got wonderful crossing ability to the back post, but the simplest way of beating a deep block is two ways. One is you go around the outside and I'm talking about the outside outside and William as a right footed right winger. Uh, and we saw it against Fulham, his inclination when he takes a man one-on-one, is to go on the outside of him. And when you go on the outside of a deep block and then cut inside, you've gone and beaten the whole block with one player. And then the second way to do that is uh, is by shooting from distance so that you don't actually try to go through the block. And, of course, we saw against Villa last year, Arsenal were being belligerent and were just swinging it side to side, but there was no penetration. Um, so I could see that 4-2-3-1 with Willian in the middle to try and be creative there. William on the right, I could see that as to go round the outside. Um, or you could play um, keep the same formation, but then go round the outside with the fullbacks, because we saw that against Fulham. Tierney, Maitland-Niles and Bellerin going hard, hard, hard as well, around the outside or even in the inside uh, to make that extra man to get beyond that block. I know that's a lot of information, but handing it over to, to Paul. Yeah, no, Paul, I mean, before before you start, Paul, I mean, against Fulham, we was predominantly the full-backs, wing-backs, whatever you want to call them, were almost coming inverted and coming in to help sort of stock up the middle of the pitch. Do you think we're going to actually practice, do the reverse of that uh, to and actually have them having the uh, the chalk on their boots? I think... Um... I think Arteta would always explore ways of drawing players out um, out of that kind of deep block. And um, you've kind of seen him do it. And I think I read somewhere right near the beginning is that um, this is one of the things that they did at Manchester City when and the, the fear of playing out the back was kind of made this even seem even kind of more um, uh, dangerous is that he doesn't want the player to pass until he's taken another player from the opposing team out of the game. Yeah. Right. So that means you've got to wait till the guy's actually committed and is almost about to get you and then you pass. You can't let them hover and and got like shepherd two of you at the same time. Now it's it's interesting that because you can you see it happening all the way through the pitch. Like people you go like pass the ball, pass the ball, but they seem to delay it until they've got that guy sucked in. Now I'm wondering, you know, we haven't really had the opportunity to see him doing that 
where where we've you know we've camped on the outside of the box and we've got to try and draw these defenders you know out um i'm you know one of the ways like mike says is to you know to play it round but then you end up with that bucket you know the pendulum swinging it swinging it round um unless you've got players that want to that can go to the byline and get a, a you know and make a great cross like a tne or saka style cross from the left with the left foot or what william would be able to do from the right pepe wouldn't do that he'd obviously want to cut back and do a, a left diagonal lob to the opposite you know to the far post or something um so it would be interesting to see you know if if he sticks with william on the right or whether he brings pepe in for his creativity i think if those two can get a good relationship going Funnily enough, I think that that would create a lot of options because they both know what it's like to play on the wing, and William could either um, like, go like around. Even, like, they like, could even dovetail, couldn't they? I That's mean, what I'm like, saying. Like, like, they, they, could, they, could even, they could even swap mid game. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think William is he's possibly one of the players that we've got in our squad at the moment. It's actually got a bit of smarts about him with regards to the tactics and formations. He, he, he's old enough. He's mature enough. I think he, he would know actually when to, to swap mid game, even without being prompted. Uh, my issue, Mike is even against Fulham, uh, first half, we, we had 51 and a half percent to their 48 and a half percent. And, I think the whole game finished that we ended up with 55% of the game. But, I mean, a lot of that was possibly the last 15, 20 minutes when Fulham just knew the game was up. How are we going to approach it against West Ham if West Ham don't do a high press? If West Ham say, OK, you have the ball in your half, you're not going to have the ball in our half. We're going to press you from the halfway line, which may give us a very, very high percentage of possession. But it's just that whether or not how we're going to actually get past a literally a half the pitch five four one sort of formation. That that's what that's what will bother me. And if West Ham got any sense, that's what they would do. Yeah, but you know, I'm somewhat unconcerned about that because it's West Ham, because it's David Moyes. I don't see David Moyes as a particularly tactical. Uh, coach and so if they're in turmoil as well to play I'm trying to step out Gav I'm trying to step out of being an Arsenal fan when I say this but I would imagine playing Arsenal right now is a little bit of a nightmare because you've got these players coming from all kinds of different angles and positions that all the other teams that are trying to play football in a similar way and not doing Arsenal providing more problems the Ainsley Maitland-Niles situation on the left that Paul talks about a lot the, he's outside, then he's inside, and then he's he's underlapping, he's overlapping. Now he's in central midfield. I don't know that West Ham have the ability uh, to cope with uh, with what Arsenal are about to do to them because of the uh, the issues that they've got at the club with each other. I'd also say if it were me, and I hope that Arteta does this because this is something he's not done yet, is if you're going to play against a so-called weaker team and the game is 95 minutes long, let's say. To me, the mentality should be, okay, if we want them to come out and get out of that deep block because it's not easy for us, well, it's simple. The last first 15 minutes of the game, you go hard, you pour forward, and you try to nick a goal early because yeah. after a goal is scored, that forget about that deep block. They can do it all they want, but you know they're not trying to save their goal difference at the time. They've got to try and equalise or get back in the game, and then there's going to be gaps. So you try to bring them out by scoring first, 
to me. And, and Arteta's Arsenal have, have really yet to do that. A little bit slow starting at home in particular. So that's what I would do. And then the mentality there, sorry to keep rambling on, but last thing, the mentality there is if West Ham break on us early, whilst we're trying to go hard and push numbers forward on them, if they do that and they score, it's fine. we got 80, 75 minutes to come back and Arsenal are more than capable of getting the goals that they need against West Ham at home, given 75, 80 minutes. Well, I mean, if, if anything, like I say, if, if I, mean, I agree with you, I mean, we've got, we've got to go hard. We've got to go hard in the first 10, 15 to try and score the first goal. I think West Ham will completely fall apart if we get an early goal. And again, I agree with you, the fact that if they score first, I think that might even be to a little bit of our benefit as in a strangely perverse way that they might completely try and sit back. And, yeah, we've seen it before, Paul, haven't we? You play against a team that scored the first goal away from home, they sit back and when we equalise, they don't actually know how to come forwards because they're just they're sort of ingrained to sort of be sitting back. So yeah. I mean, obviously we want the first goal, though, don't we? Uh, for just from for our point, from our point of view, if you are sitting on the team that doesn't have a lot of creativity, um, you know, and a lot of you know impetus to you know seizing the goal, if they're just trying to catch us on the break or whatever, once you've got that first goal and you've kind of you know, like Mike says, you've got the points in the bag, you know, there's the onus is on them to try and rescue something from the game, and when that happens and they feel a bit of pressure. You know that pressure sometimes can crack their own formation and structure. You know, it's a, they 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 crack under their own pressure instead of us trying to crack them under our pressure, which I think you know is something that 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 can work to our advantage if you know if we score. But I just have an interesting thing for you guys because you're more tactical than I am. But um, in a situation where there's a low block, are you um are you looking for somebody like what Saka has to offer, which is that ability to take on from the left? If he's wide and you're swinging it wide, and if he can draw, if you draw like their um, outer back, you know, like their wing backs into that position, and Saka beats him easily in a one on one and then sucks the centre back in, it kind of creates more of an opening behind that for whoever's there in the middle. And I mean, somebody like Aubameyang or like Azette, they don't need a lot of touches. They're kind of, they're, they're, they're like a two touch shoot or one touch shoot kind of people. Um, do you think there's something to be said for playing some somebody like Saka on the left with his take on? Um, abilities rather than like Tierney, who's more of a traditional. Um... Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you make a really good point. One I've not thought of anyway, which is if you're gonna if you're gonna do that and let's say call it four two three one, I think what you're saying is play Sakura left back, left wing back, whatever. And I think it makes a really good point. Tierney's good at beating his full back, and he's good at crossing, very good actually. But Saka has a much higher level of offensive capabilities. And that's a really good point. We might see that. We might see Saka play left back, left wing back and utilize that on the left. Uh, my concern with him on the, on the right is again, cutting inside. Um, but he's a, he's a little quicker to beat his man than Pepe. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking to process all that we've talked about and some of it's starting to make sense and some of it's not my issue. My biggest issue with Pepe is Pepe takes too long to beat his man. And if you're going to swing the ball across the field. The purpose is to to have their block not able to move across quick enough to where you get the ball and you only have one man to beat. Well, that's Pepe's biggest weakness is he takes too long to beat his man so he draws a crowd. So as I'm processing this, I'm wondering if um, 
you know, what's the, the if there's a place for Pepe on Saturday. But um, again, Arteta's improving players. He's had five days. Who knows? You know, yeah, there's another thing. Sorry, Kev. Sorry, I'm just going to wrap it. You know, talking about Pepe, again, if, you, if you've got that right wing and you're playing against that low block, one of the most effective ways to actually get a goal through it is somebody who can put that ball and bisect those two banks of four in front of you, you know, that's, that's going towards the, the, you know, the touchline and you've got a right wing or wing back, whatever, that cuts in and either does a cutback or takes a shot with a right foot at goal, you know. Um, yeah. If you've got Pepe in that situation, running onto a ball that's been pushed through behind, like we've seen Bellerin do, or you know, like other right-footed players on the right, I don't see how he does that. I could see Willian doing it, but I, it kind of, you know, I don't think that pushing the ball through to the right-hand side is something that would really suit Pepe. His his shot, you know, um, accuracy seems to be better when he fakes the right and then cuts it on the left and then does one of those curling, looping left, you know, left-footed shots. Like we saw at Wembley, that it's a loud goal. Um, does that also affect it? I mean, you know, yeah, is, I mean, it's going to be effective in that. Situation? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. It's, I mean, we want to see him doing more of that and more of what a Bangian does when he cuts in from the left. We want to see Pepe doing the same sort of thing from the right, yeah. which would actually be ideal. Uh, my main one really is. And like I say, a, a bit of my concern is going to be what the lineup is in the midfield. And if we are playing a midfield three, uh, I would certainly like to see possibly Ceballos, uh, maybe even Willock. Because, uh, I mean, I think at some point what, what someone's going to actually have to do in the middle of the park is get control of the ball, turn and run and run at them to try and sort of draw people in and then to push the ball wide. So I think the ball the ball at the moment we prefer is just literally inside the you know you know the opposition half. But I think if we're gonna if West Ham do sit back against us, which you know, like I said, I think they be mental if they don't, uh, I think we're gonna need somebody who can actually get the ball, beat the man in the middle of the park. And, and sort of push forwards, Mike. So, I mean, is it going to be a case of Sabayos in for El Nene, do you reckon? I don't I don't think that, only because El Nene's been very good um, last year. Yeah, but he has been good. He has been good. Yeah. And so, now, unless Arteta needs to look at it from a rotational thought that, um, you know, he thinks El Nene's been very good, but he wishes he could play Sabayos because he's been very good in practice and what have you. So, it, it could be that. I like your idea of, of the thought with Willock, the third midfielder. I think it's more likely, I know we're moving this guy all around the field now, but it's more likely to be Willian as the third midfielder. He can also do that, but he has more final product, which is Joe Willock's biggest struggle. He gets the ball, he penetrates on the dribble, he drags somebody towards him, as Gav just said, but, but then I don't see that final product uh, from him when he's in that position. Mm. I mean, Paul, if, if we get, like I say, we're going to presume that Arteta is going to sort of more or less stick to the, a similar formation and we're going to end up with either a two-man or a three-man midfield, who, who are you going for? Who, who do you think he's going to uh, give the numbers to? I think against a team like West Ham, if they are going to sit back or if it, you know, just fill in for West Ham, any of those other clubs that are more, you know, like... 
more likely to kind of um, try and get us on the on the break. I don't see the use of having a Shaka and an Al Nabi. I think Shaka can in situations where you don't need that double guard. Um, I think Shaka can kind of cover that role. He he can be the defensive guy who pushes new slots back in if one of the, the backs pull, you know, um, pushes up forward wide, he, he drop back into the left. Um, and he can dictate the, the pace if he's got somebody like Ceballos playing off of him. I think, you know, they can be more effective. Um, I'm just curious to see, like, because once again, like last season, we struggled with creativity in in scoring in those kind of games, like Aston Villa last season. Um, so I think that we do need the creativity of somebody, if it's Willian or, um, you know, we need, we do need, a, you know, a playmaker helping those front three and and creating those overloads and overlaps and and breaking, you know, making those those passes. I don't see Elmeni and Shaka starting together. I have a thought here, Paul Gav. Um, this one just dawned on me. You know, we've got this hybrid coach, hybrid team. Uh, formations change, as Gav alludes to. Um, positions change, formations change. It all changes. It changes during the game. How about this? So I would imagine that most of this week he's probably been working on how to beat the deep block, anticipating West Ham do that. But knowing that West Ham might not do that. So what if his team selection is based on players who are more hybrid ready, so that let's say we start 4-2-3-1 and he's anticipating the deep block. West Ham don't do that. They high press, they come out. So we could go 3-4-3 like we did against Fulham or what have you. But you need the players on the field who can do both. So, so who I would, mean, who would so, choose them? Yeah, it, it, it's weird. I mean, so like I say, I mean, we'll, we'll go from obviously Leno's, Leno's is a dead certainly. So yeah. you're going to yeah. have... a like I say, and it's it's hard to do it in formations here. But I mean, from what we're saying here, we're probably saying that uh, KT is going to start up left centre back or left back wherever he is. Uh, the centre backs, unless Louise has recovered, is probably going to be the same. And you'd expect Bellerin to go on the right as well. So we're probably going to expect a similar sort of back five or back three and one or whatever we had to the last one. So when it comes to the midfield, uh, whereas the last time it was uh, uh, Xhaka, El Nini and Maitland-Niles, we're expecting a change in that that, that three scenario. We're expecting probably only Jack, well, Xhaka maybe, and make the Knowles maybe. So I think Shaka's only probably one or two out of them three are going to start the next game. I think Shaq is one of the first names on that on his, his yeah. list. Actually. Um, so you know, yeah. So I mean, it it might be the fact that make the Knowles and uh, make the Knowles and then he go, and maybe we'll be looking more of. Uh, Ceballos, uh and maybe even Willian in the middle for them three. And then when we're looking at the front three as a traditional, if we're going to do a like a four-three-three, we're looking at Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe. Is that is that where you think that? I mean, I I think there's a lot of flexibility if we did that, Mike. Yeah, yeah, you do have that. 
Um, I really liked what I think as Paul said earlier with Saka. I think that makes all kinds of sense to have Saka as the as the left back because I think we're going to be attacking significantly more than we're going to be defending. Of course, he's good at defending as well, and I think he's better in the final third. I think that we may we may see that. I'd not thought of that one myself, um, and I would go with Xhaka uh, and uh, I'm okay with Savias or, or El Nenny. Um, and I, I do like the idea of I would play Maitland-Niles on the right and not play Bellerin because I think Maitland-Niles has got more um, energy, he's got more power. I think he's better in the final third than, than Bellerin. So I'd play Maitland-Niles on the right and Saka on the left and ask them to overlap. Uh, you've got that 3-1 with, with William, Pepe, Bamiang and Lacazette. That's a pretty good lineup. So tell me something from a tactic point of view. Um, to help me understand it. So if, if you're, if you, you know, when we start with three at the back, which is really ostensibly kind of five at the back, so it's three centre backs with two wing backs that can tend to push up. Um, is that what creates the overload? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So, so you'd have, you know, five, three, five, two, three, or whatever it is that, you know, how it would be laid out. So, and then when when you're in attack, those two pushing up with the two centre kind of creates like a three four three. So that overloads the midfield and gives gives a little bit more creative. Why do you not start off as a three four three and have just three centre backs and and you know four midfielders and three up front? You know, it, it, it's just it's just basically what what they what they're trying to do at the moment, from my understanding, which you know, albeit is not as uh, educated as uh, young Michael over there's. Uh, it's simply the fact that if the ball's on the left side of the pitch, then everybody moves across. And who would be, for instance, yeah. for example, the, the right back would literally move across. Who would be sort of like the right wing back would move across into right back. Who would be the left-sided centre-back would move across to be the left-back. So you're almost sort of like just shifting across the pitch to sort of fill the gaps. And that's a sort of hybrid complete voodoo that Artao is doing at the moment. So I think, like I say, I mean, I, I personally think he's going to literally set up exactly the same, but have different bodies uh, in the different positions on the pitch. And I disagree with Mike uh, with regards to, uh, to Zaka. Uh, I think that the bench that we're going to have against West Ham is going to be pretty explosive. With regards to Reese Nelson, Zaka, uh, Willock, uh, and I think literally, if it's going to come down to it for the last 10, 15 minutes, if we was drawing, if you were drawing away to Arsenal, and suddenly you got Zaka, Willock, and Reese Nelson, two of them three coming on, I think that's going to be enough explosive pace, uh, especially at the beginning of the season, to to ruin anybody if we needed. A goal later on, so that's my that's my thoughts on that, Mike. Really? Yeah. Well, I tell you, I, like none of this is wrong, is it? These are all opinions, and they're all good. <coughs> doing well, and I think whatever whatever Arsenal do, I think will be fine. I tell you something that dawned on me, Gav, whilst you were talking there. Another little twist on this. So check this one out. So oh god. Sorry. Oh, oh, let, let me sit down before you start doing this, Mike. Go on. All right. This, this right, is. Sorry, my, my my head works. All right, so 
We were talking about Arsenal's got five days to practice for whatever they're going to do. Okay, so is West Ham. West Ham have seen us for the last, not just Fulham, but all the previous games, for the most part, play 3-4-3, either as a deep block or a high prep. Okay, so they have to prepare for us, and they're probably more concerned about preparing for us defensively than what they're going to do offensively. So they waste five days getting ready for a 3-4-3 with Maitland-Niles doing his inside-outside thing and, and inverted full-backs and the whole thing. And then Arsenal don't do that. Arsenal play 4-2-3-1 or whatever, but something completely different. And West Ham have gone and screwed themselves because Arsenal have gone and thrown something that they have not prepared for. So I think that's a big part of the coaching, um, tactical coaching um, piece that uh, the professional... Yeah, no, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm with you there, on Mike, and I, and I do like I say, I do like the, the mental games that you know, like I say, that, that could be played on that one. But I just think that Arteta wants to get one formation straight and happy, and if we can beat Liverpool playing that formation, and if we can beat Fulham three 0 away doing that formation, yeah, right, it's fucking West Ham. Do you know what I mean? I know. Why, why would he want to sort of like mix? I don't think he needs to mix it up, to be fair. I just think he, he might need different personnel in different slots. Uh, more <laughs> time mean, players yeah. in there. But I don't think he needs to like switch it up a different formation. Well, are you boys are you boys not anticipating that Arteta's got two formations for the no, season? No, no, I am. I, I see. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I'm imagining, uh, you know, four at the back. Okay. With Saka in front of Tierney and Aubameyang in front of him, and I'm just imagining what would happen if you then have that rotation that you're talking about, where you've got Maitland-Niles in the, you know, in the on the right hand side in the midfield or on the right of the four, you know, with Holding and um, I think Louise is still injured, but Holding and Gabriel in the centre, yeah. you know, um, and ahead of them Willian and Pepe and you know Sabayos and Shaka in the middle, and you know, is that too many people? It sounds like it, but. That, I mean, that gives you options. I mean, it gives you a lot of options. Yeah, no, like I say, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm going to disagree with the both of you. And like I say, we'll, 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 we will revisit this on WhatsApp Sunday evening. Don't you worry, boys. Right? <laughs> but I, but I, like I say, I think that he's going to actually stick to exactly the same formations. He's going to, ch- he's going to change personnel in a couple of key spots. But I think he's just going to play the same way because I don't think, I mean, for, for, Jesus, Klopp couldn't work it out, right? Bloody thingy couldn't work it out either. Fat Frank couldn't work it out. I mean, God bless him, right? And he's a West Ham supporter anyway, Fat Frank, right? And, you know, even his own, his old governor at Man City couldn't work it out. So what the hell is David fucking Moyles (laughs) going to fucking do? Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I just don't get it. So I I'm going to disagree you with you, boys. And like I say, I think, I think we're just going to play exactly the same way as we're playing, right? If West Ham drop off deep, then all we're going to do is we're going to go up forwards. My only worry about West Ham dropping deep, and if West Ham do a very, very deep, you know, you have the ball in your half, but you're not getting through us kind of scenario. My only worry about that is if we've got holding at centre-back and we lose it, bang, ball over the top. That's what I think David Moore is going to go. So, 
you know, like I say, that that that's that's my worry is that is the ball over the top with I mean obviously, you know, we know that we know we know the new uh, the new Brazilian boy's got pace to burn, but that's that's my worry, the fact that West Ham are just gonna sort of sit back at the halfway line, get the ball and hoof it. I think that's I think that's honestly gonna be their best plan. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. reckon they'll play like a one nine one formation? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, I think West Ham are going to play literally a, a five four one. Do you know what I mean, they've got the big big monster up front, Halaire, haven't they? They probably will do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's another uh, thought that you know Arsenal could sign Thomas Party. Our Solomon Kalu, Yanam Villa, all these people that we've been linked with over the last 20 years, and they could all start, and we could play seven, seven up front and <laughs> rely on our new uh, Brazilian centre back to take care of business at the back. Uh, we don't even need a keeper, right? <laughs> we don't even need a keeper. We just play like a 2 1 8. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't right. Let, let, let's cut this here, boys. Right, we 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 will talk, Mike, Paul. We will talk during the game, and we will talk at halftime, and we will see where this is going. But yeah, let's put it in the can. Another Gunners Town podcast. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal.